Well, good morning, everyone. It's uh, wonderful to see you here on this Vision Sunday. You've all received uh, vision packs as you've come into uh, this morning, and uh, you'll find in there uh, this vision, which states our overall vision as a church, which is to be followers of Jesus, sharing the goodness of God with everyone. We're a church family that looks outwards to introduce people who don't know Jesus yet to the extraordinary life that relationship with God brings. I'm going to pray. So, Lord, come. Lord, speak to us, Lord. Lord, we say, we echo the words of Samuel. Speak, Lord, your servants are listening. Amen. So in this last year, God led us to push out into mission rather than pull back because of the pandemic. We started Impact Sundays, where our wonderful Barnabas communities created opportunities for people to connect and find out more with, for, people, uh, for people who are, you know, wouldn't normally come to church, so to create those opportunities for them to connect with us, find out a bit of, about what we're about. And Impact Sundays have become so integral to the life of our church, and we're continuing with those through this year. Those connection points that communities made included litter picks in the, and picnics in parks around the city, meeting homeless people in the city centre, doing some giveaways in Parker's Peace and other places, Beeson projects, uh, messy church, a group started a messy church, which was fantastic. Another one was communion at Ditchburn Place. Others went prayer walking and introduced soft play in the church. And a new community, which, focused on, which focuses on sustainable living, um, gave out something called seed bombs to their neighbors. I was with them on that morning, so I got a seed bomb too, so I actually know what that is. You can ask me afterwards. And if you want to find out anything about our communities, they're all on uh, cards in the square, and we've got many of the people who are in communities here this morning. So, do yeah, in fact, if you're in a community, just wave a hand, and uh, there we go. Yeah, Cogs community as well. Fantastic. Brilliant. Lovely to see people. So do talk with people in communities. Uh, one community ran Alpha and found that that was a great people, a great place to invite people that they knew right into. So along with this in the last year, and, you know, seems quite a long time ago, but it was really only this time last year that we were able to gather back in person and sing on Sundays. I mean, yeah. And of course, many other work gained momentum again with regular meetings in person, including our work with youth and children on Sundays, midweek and in schools. Our Barnabas Bears toddler group was able to meet back in person. The Kids Matter parenting course, which does such valuable work Giving, value, uh, giving teaching and ways of parenting to people in disadvantaged situations. A new midweek group started called Coffee, Cake and Communion. That does what it says on the tin. And there's lots of work going on in person uh, with our ongoing partnership with the church that we sent out the planting team to as recently as July 2021. And that's Christ the Redeemer Church in Barnwell. 
Uh, one of our guest speakers during the year, uh, John Valentine, who speaks in lots of churches, he sent me a follow-up email afterwards. And he, first of all, encouraged us as a church, saying uh, how much he'd enjoyed the evening, he'd sensed the joy in the place, and uh, that people were really alive in worshipping God. Um, and then he went on to say this further encouragement, and I wanted to share this with all of us here this morning. He said, I do congratulate you on all that you are doing. It's really quite something to have planted a church, to be out and about on mission, to have such a vibrant praying and worshipping life, and all coming out of COVID and in the midst of the considerable challenges we are all facing. I mean, that was a wonderful thing that he was saying to us as a church. And I want to say thank you to everybody in St. Barnabas. We have been pressing on with sharing God's goodness, with getting the word out there in so many different ways. Thank you to each and every one of you. So what's this year about? You know, looking back, we've celebrated all that last year was about, and it brings us to our focus for this year. And I think, and we know, we know this is a year to press into what it means to be followers of Jesus, that first part of our vision statement, so that we are so secure in who Jesus has made us to be and in what he does that we can step out confidently into mission wherever we are in this city. It's a year of radical discipleship, and it's all about Jesus. You'll read on the card. The call to follow Jesus is a call for him to be Lord of our life, to let Jesus into every part of it, our friendships, our family, our thinking, our decision-making, our finances, everything. The call to follow Jesus is a call to be sold out for him. This year as a church, we're going to practice how we can follow Jesus with everything we have so that we can have confidence in his saving grace as we share our faith with others. And then this card goes on with quotes from people in our church speaking of their relationship with God. And it's always from our relationship with God that our mission and outreach comes. So there's things written on here like, God is someone I focus on and follow when all else is failing. With God, I have a bright and joyful hope in the confusion and messiness. The journey I've had so far with Jesus is an adventure I couldn't have written better myself. And then my favorite, accepted by God's, accepted by God, warts and all. So this is a really exciting year. It's all about Jesus, being sold out for Jesus, following the radical words and works of Jesus, empowered by the Holy Spirit. Why are we doing this? Why are we focusing on this discipleship, this radical discipleship? Well, as, I, as we came to Vision Sunday, the phrase that came to mind was build on the rock. Build on the rock. And that phrase is, comes from Matthew chapter 7. And I'm going to read from verses 21 
to 28. And this is at the end of that extraordinary sermon, the Sermon on the Mount. So Matthew chapter 7, starting at verse 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it, it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching, because he taught as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Build on the rock. Build on the rock. And I think my reflection is, why is that phrase, why has this passage come to me at this time? Well, you really don't need me to tell you that things are really shaky at the moment, aren't they? We have been tested as the church in this nation in a way that we haven't before. More than ever, it's vital to know the reality of faith in Jesus. People are being shaken on so many different fronts. The huge shock of the energy bill hikes, adding to the already difficult, nearby impossible situations faced by so many on the cost of living crisis. The war in Ukraine ongoing. The shocking news from Afghanistan a year on from the withdrawal. Appalling floods in Pakistan and droughts elsewhere created by the climate crisis. All while still recovering from the ongoing effects of the pandemic lockdowns, those effects on physical and mental health. In fact, I was quite relieved to hear Christian author John Eldridge describing some of the symptoms of that as things like loss of memory, irritation with other people, exhaustion, keeping people at a distance kind of unexpectedly as it affects that people are going through. I was relieved because honestly, I thought it was just me. <laughs> at the same time as realizing this, I met people serving Christians in the global south. And I noticed that the pandemic had not shaken them in similar ways. Made me ask the questions of myself and of us as church in the UK. Is that because the people who've been serving the global south have been facing extreme situations and uncertainty for a number of years? and therefore have had to put their reliance totally on Jesus. 
have we in the Western church become somewhat sheltered and self-reliant without really realizing it? And that's been exposed by the pandemic effects. So as followers of Jesus, what's our house really built on? Now, most recently, there's a sense of additional uncertainty being created with the death of Queen Elizabeth II. It's been reported that the Queen represented for many people stability in uncertain times. Now, thankfully, in her legacy, she has pointed clearly to what gave her that personal stability. She said... To many of us, our beliefs are of fundamental importance. For me, the teachings of Christ and my own personal accountability before God provide a framework in which I try to lead my life. I, like so many of you, have drawn great comfort in difficult times from Christ's words and example. And then in her last Christmas message in in 2021, She said, it is this simplicity of the Christmas story that makes it so universally appealing. Simple happenings that form the starting point of the life of Jesus, a man whose teachings have been handed down from generation to generation and have been the bedrock of my faith. His birth marked a new beginning. As the carol says, the hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. Tomorrow, there will be the state funeral for Her Majesty. Let's all be praying, particularly for Justin Welby, the Archbishop of Canterbury, as he speaks to a global audience of millions. Let's ask that as people listen that they will look beyond the queen for their stability, that they will look beyond her to the one that she points to, Jesus, who is the rock. And that brings us again to our passage. What do our lives show of Jesus? In the first few verses I read, it's really clear that Jesus says at the end times as we stand before him, if simply we've been proclaiming, saying, Lord, Lord, look at these things that we've done in your name. That's not enough. He replies, but you never knew me. What does knowing Jesus mean? Well, first of all, knowing Jesus means receiving extravagant grace. John Stott, in his commentary on Matthew's Gospel, says this. It's quite a long quote, but bear with me. I think it is a really great description of this extravagant grace that we receive. Religion, if conceived as a human attempt to become acceptable to God by whatever systems and beliefs and practice, is a beggar's refuge. It will not keep out the wind and the hail. What Jesus offers is totally different. It begins not from our reaching up, but from God's reaching down. It's not a religion at all, 
but a revelation and a rescue. Jesus is the revelation of what God is like. Never has there been such a true likeness. The king has come to bring in the kingdom. He is not less than God's rescue for men and women lost in self-centeredness and sin. We, everybody, has that opportunity to choose to receive that grace. To acknowledge our self-centeredness and sin and say, enter into my life. And that receiving of that grace, everything about our faith must start from that. And then it's putting it into practice. And that's what this parable concluding the amazing sermon on the mount brings into focus. The person who hears the words and puts them into practice finds that they are building on the rock. That is knowing Jesus. And the rock is Jesus. He inherits the character of God Almighty referred to in the Old Testament. The psalmist says, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Jesus is the rock. And it's that rock that enables followers of Jesus, their house, to stand in the times of uncertainty. It's the rock that gives stability. It's the rock, Jesus, that is the constant in our life. I have the privilege of speaking at uh, some friends' uh, celebration of 50 years of marriage at the end of the summer. And they asked me in the talk to emphasize this, that both of them will tell you that having Jesus Christ at the center of their lives is what their marriage is built on. Believing that, their reason, that the reason that their marriage is blessed and protected and has not fallen apart in the tough times is because of God's care and provision. Now, this is a couple whose second son nearly died of a cot death. And it was something downstairs that suddenly made the wife say, ooh, look to the baby. And they rushed upstairs and the husband managed to do life support and save the baby's life. Their son was left with disability very, very poor sight and difficulty in walking. But that same son, they've taken up mountains in Scotland and other places. The husband came to faith a few years after. And that's why they wanted the testimony at their celebration to be that Jesus is at the centre it's not been an easy marriage. I don't think any marriages are. I spot that marriage and singleness are both sacrifices in different ways. I know one personally in singleness. I know from talking from married people, there's a sacrifice. We need Jesus right at the center. hearing the word and putting it into practice.
listening and acting. That is how we build. So hearing the word. I have to say, with all that we've been through over these last two to three years, and again, we say it's, we know it's ongoing, we're on quite a steep learning curve. I'm having to learn so much more about how to rely on God in these times. I don't think I'm alone in that. <laughs> we're all facing situations like, are oh, beyond this. It's like, oh, yeah. So our preaching series in this a year, in both morning gatherings, is going to look to grow on this relying on good, this radical call of focusing as who we are in Jesus. So we're going to be looking at being people of the word, people of the spirit. We're going to look at the controversial Jesus, living for Jesus, a praying people and family on mission. And at the evening celebrations and impact Sundays, we will follow a series called Encounters with Jesus. And I'm excited that God is going to take us to new levels of receiving what the Bible says as authoritative in our lives. It's all about Jesus. And I'm excited that we're going to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. We absolutely need the Holy Spirit to take us into this year of vision. Have that regular calling out, persistent calling out to the Holy Spirit to revive us, to fan sparks into flames. And, as the Holy Spirit also represents water, to give us streams of living water to bring a parched land back to life. So word and spirit together are going to be so important in that hearing what God is saying to us. And then it's putting it into practice. And I described right at the beginning of the talk lots of the practical outworking already going on We've heard about the Barnabas communities, what's going on on Sundays, and also what's going on during the week. And we can also see other practical action to help those who are in desperate need at this time. And I just want to highlight three of those. There's a, a team gathering round. What next as a follow-up? to the football that was happening in the YMCA. So do talk to Helen, just wave a hand, Helen, um, about that. That's going to be so important. I know that there are households in this last year who've opened up their homes to refugees, which is absolutely fantastic. If you want to find out more about that, contact our ukraine at stbs.org.uk email address or talk to Becca, one of our church wardens. And then Reach Community is meeting this morning after the 10.15 together with others who've been praying for a long time about the development and the introduction of a Hope into Action House. So talk to Andrew and Louise Jordan about that and uh, also yeah, Catherine who's here this morning. Wave a hand, Catherine, because I know you're going to be praying after about that too. Those are three things that are bubbling up at the moment. If you feel overwhelmed by the need that you see around you and you don't know where to start, then there are two really simple things that we can do. You'll see in the entrance hall there's a box and that is to collect food for the Cambridge Sustainable Food and that serves hubs all over the city, food hubs all over the city. 
So you can bring things, when you do your, uh, your regular shop, you can bring things to church, pop them in there, and we'll make sure they get to those food hubs. The other thing you can do is, in the window, outside the window uh, in the square, you can see that we've got a little machine that you can tap a card on, and it's for Cambridge Street Aid, and that's helping people on the street to turn a corner. And it's a simple donation of three pounds. You can tap there, and that will go straight to the people most in need. I'm sure that during this year, hearing the word that God's speaking to us will take us into other practical responses because it's an, it's an invitation into radical discipleship. And we're going to need community around us as we hear what God's saying and act. So let's be praying and talking in our communities and in our households. So how can you respond to this vision? Well, the first thing that we want to say is we really want to share stories. We want to hear what's going on all around, wherever you are. However little you may think that story is, it's not. I mean, I heard of somebody last year who for the very first time told somebody in their workplace that what they did on Sunday was we went to church. That was a huge step for that person, and the conversation opened up for there. And that may feel like a really little thing, but I'm, I celebrate that as much as hearing about somebody coming to faith. Let's share all the stories that we have going on there. I mean, we've seen this with the Queen, haven't we? You know, all the stories that we've heard on the TV, and then, uh, and then we've been able to talk. Well, what I've done is my ear has been really attuned, as you'll have spotted, to when, she, when there's been stories about faith and how that's impacted her and other people. And when I spoke last Sunday, when we had our uh, gathering, Remembering the Queen, I, my talk included some of those examples of when I'd really heard about the Queen talking so clearly about her faith. And I would encourage you to listen to that talk again and use that in these few days while we have that opportunity to say, yes, the Queen was great in terms of service. She was fantastic, but it all came from her faith. Because if it had just been about service, it would have been works, wouldn't it? But it was faith that led to service that means that she was able to do that for those incredible 70 years. And I've had unexpected opportunities to be able to share because of what's gone on nationally in the last 10 days. Sharing stories of what God has done in our life. Uh, about three weeks ago, I had a really unexpected opportunity. I um, was driving back from a game of golf, and as I drove uh, out, I was driving past the Arthur Rank Hospice. And I saw some people, uh, a couple, one woman was in crutches, was walking with crutches, and her partner, he was carrying some huge bags, and they were walking very slowly along the road, and there was no pavement. So it was, like, massively dangerous, because cars go quite fast along that road. And I kind of drove past, and I was like, no, turn around. So went round the roundabout, came back, and um, stopped, and said to them, can I help you? Um, and they said, we're trying to get to the park and ride. So I said, oh, can I give you a, you know, I'll, I'll give you a lift there. Uh, now, my car is a three-door car, and I knew I wouldn't be able to get both of them in the car at the same time, and I thought, oh, that's a shame, but we'll, we'll, yeah, I'll take the first person. So I, I took the woman in, and she sat beside me, and she told me why she'd been at the hospice, and it was to visit her mother, who had just been moved from 
Adam Brooks to hospice care and she was coming to the end of her life, her mother was, and she was very upset about that. And I got a massive dig in the ribs from the Lord, which was, tell this woman you're a vicar. And I thought, oh, no, do that. And I said, I'm, I'm a vicar, I would really want to pray for you in that. And then the, the more important thing that I was able to share then was the peace that God gave me over my own mother's death in 2019. Being able to share that, the comfort I'd received from God, with that woman. That was the moment. I dropped her at the park and ride and went back to pick up her partner who got in the car and I said, you know, uh, you know, I'm Anne and uh, it's you know, such a shame there isn't a pavement and we had a conversation about pavements. So that showed that maybe my entrance comment there wasn't there. But when I dropped them off and I drove away, I thought, ah, there I was being upset about the fact my car was three-door. But it gave me that one-on-one -on -one conversation. That's what God did. He uses the smallest details in our lives. And I committed to pray for her and her mother. I also, I also said to her I would pray for her healing for her hip, which was affecting her walking too. So I committed to praying for them through the every day the following week. So sharing stories. We've got a practical place to do that. We have a little card. We've got a board in the square that says what was God doing. There are cards underneath it. We want people to write out what's God doing. Share stories so that when we can read them and encourage each other. So as well as sharing up front on Sundays, we can write it down and bring that in. So sharing stories absolutely is uh, the way that you can get involved. And Vision Sunday is also a time for us to think through our commitment to the church for the next year. And you'll see from the pack that I've given that we're doing this in two ways. We're asking you to pray about what money that you can give. Bringing the first fruits of all that God gives us into the house, giving to the church. Giving a portion of what you earn or your income as the first thing you do, this is an active way of putting God first in your life, honoring God about money. As such, it's a powerful statement of trust in God's provision for your life. It's a practice I've followed for decades and have seen God's incredible faithfulness. So please fill in a regular giving card here. Prayerfully consider how you could start, continue, or increase your regular giving from January 2023. And that will help our PCC plan for our budgets for 2023. So give financially. And then give time. Join a team. And we've got this team card here that describes all the teams that we have. Join a team that serves our church in many different ways. And this is a great way to get to know people, as well as to put our faith into practice. So share stories, commit with money and time, and finally, pray. Pray for your Barnabas community. If you're not in one, pray about which one to get involved in. 
Look at those cards in the square, the ones further down, and pray through. It's so important to have a place of belonging. Pray for our city. I mean, I'm noticing such an openness at the moment. On the way in to the whole night of prayer, I uh, bumped into a local counsellor who was doing something with some people in the St Barnabas Centre. And I just said to him, I'm going into a prayer meeting. Is there anything I can pray for? And he said, so many, so many things. Can we meet up? And then somebody yesterday getting their flu COVID jab, they were asked by the nurses, what are you doing later? And they said, uh, we're, I'm going to be opening up, part of the opening up the church for people to come in to pay their respects to the Queen. And the nurse said, what a fantastic thing to be doing. Again, conversation opened up. There's a new openness at the moment. Let's pray for our city and what we see before us. And finally, pray for everyone in our church, for the Holy Spirit to empower us, to change us, to fill us. On Sundays, during the week, wherever we are, in our workplaces, our homes, our neighborhoods, our schools, our universities. We need the Holy Spirit to bring our focus, whatever we are facing, to it's all about Jesus. So I'm going to pray and Tim will lead us on in the rest of our time. Come, Holy Spirit. To follow a radical call of Jesus, we can only do that, Holy Spirit, with you empowering us, with you filling us, with you showing us what the Word of God is saying to us, what Jesus is saying to us, and helping us put up that into practice in our lives. Come, Holy Spirit. Take a moment now to receive the Holy Spirit. Welcome the Holy Spirit into your lives.